Proverbs feels like it deals almost exclusively in extremes. It feels like everything's on fire and it has to be done immediately. You're just like, I can't keep up with, I can't do all this. And I think that's the point. I don't want to be wicked, but I'm not righteous. And that's a tough place to be in tension all the time. And now we get to walk in the way of Jesus that is black and white, that is righteous, but not by our own power. I'm here with Levi, friend from church. Levi, it's really good to have you. Oh, um, thank you for having me. Thanks for making the time to come over. Absolutely. Sit around the table, open the word, and see what the Lord teaches us. <sighs> I'm excited. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, before we jump into the regular things, um, I just want to remind listeners that we've been working our way through the prologue. Chapters one through nine is the ultimate goal for season one. And we've done, there's 10 lectures. We've done six or seven at this point. Today, we're going to pause and look at the appendix. So it's like an additional little bit on, it's not a lecture from the dad. Okay. Well, maybe have... you're already answering some of the questions oh, that okay. I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to all the questions here. Uh, you know, we've we've met a lot of the different characters. Last chapter, right before this, it was, I think, lecture six or seven, and it's kind of the father's man-to-man talk with his son. Yeah. And he brings up a lot of things about sexuality. Uh-huh. And then it goes from this passage right back to the same topic. Uh-huh. So that's the setting that we're in. Um, so before we get any further, tell us a little bit about yourself, Levi. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Absolutely. Uh, what do you do for fun? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, my name is Levi. Um, Atlanta native. I've got two small children, um, ages seven and three. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you ask, what do I do for fun? I... <laughs> I have an idea. Uh, I, I keep two children alive, uh, <laughs> me and my wonderful wife, yeah. uh, almost 10 years. Oh, wow. um, that's great. I do also help uh, lead. I've been a part of a, um, a Bible school at our church for the last, oh gosh, five years, where I lead and teach at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, you know, just a little bit about myself. I am a sucker for a good story. So hmm. movie, television, yeah. books, video games, doesn't matter. Yeah, if it's yeah. a good story, I'm there for it. Okay. So so uh, some of the listeners have asked, like, is everybody on staff of the church that you mm. go to? So are you a staff person? Are you a pastor? No, not at all. Um, I, I work in the tech world. Okay. I'm in sales right. and work in... Software. So awesome. not a vocational teacher or pastor by any means. Yeah. Just a regular guy. Just a regular guy. Nice. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's do this. Let's jump into the text. Uh, I gave you a couple of options. Which one did you pick? Yep. And briefly, why did you pick that one? Yeah. So I went with chapter 6, verses 1 through 19, and I picked this section of text because if I shared with you earlier, I was just immediately perplexed by it. Uh-huh. Uh, and after reading it multiple times, I'm still not sure if the author is making a singular point, multiple points, how he's tying it together in the overall mm-hmm. message of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And so okay, I've come with lots of questions. Good, good. Let's put it that way. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hopefully we can get some answers here. I'm glad the Holy Spirit's working with us. Um, well, would you go ahead and read the text? It's yeah. chapter 6, right? Verses 1 through 19. Perfect. 
My son, if you have put up a security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart desires evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a lot. Before you get to the questions, though, Mm -hmm. what are things that stood out to you as you read it several times? Oh, gosh. Okay, so it almost feels broken into three categories. Okay. Uh, The first section is this father giving instruction to his son about how he should be treating his neighbors and how he should be doing business with them. Mm -hmm. The second portion feels like how a father talks to each and every one of his sons about not being lazy yeah. and having a work ethic. Sure. Yeah. And then the last feels very randomly thrown in there of like, oh, okay. hey, by the way, God hates seven things. Yeah. Let me tell you about those. Yeah, yeah. It feels a bit uh, discombobulated, okay. uh, which I'm, I'm very interested to get your take on. Okay. But I also feel like after, you know, having listened to your other episodes and uh, having gone through this uh, text myself as well, I think... The marketing department for Proverbs has been very poorly ran. <laughs> uh, nice. This, this idea that uh, you can throw a, a chapter in uh-huh. to your other outside reading of the Bible, mm-hmm. I think it's a huge disservice to this book. Mm. I think it deserves, and I think a lot of the heart of your podcast and why you decided to go through this yeah. speaks to that as well, yeah. is it deserves its own time. Yeah. It deserves its own space. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just take it bite-sized as individual sections or individual chapters, we're going to come away really confused Yeah. when there is a, there is a story being told here. Yeah. There's a conversation taking place and to artificially break that up is just an injustice. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes to that question that we've asked several people and I'll ask you before we jump further into the text. Like, did you grow up, you're from Atlanta, did you yeah. grow up around proverbs and sayings and stuff that your parents said to you? Any, yeah. Any that pop? So I grew up in a very, very religious home. Okay. Our church was basically a second house. Yeah. You know, we were there Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. We had some activity throughout the week. I mean, we were there all week. 
And ironically, though, we did not spend any time in the Psalms or Proverbs. Okay. It's almost skipped over them. Yeah. I think I, I come from a family. I mentioned, you know, I, I'm a sucker for a good story. And I think most of my family is. And I think something about Proverbs being marketed as wisdom literature and not necessarily an integral part of the the narrative of how God wants to communicate to his people right. gets lost somewhere in the, the church mix mm-hmm. of... And then I think we've also improperly communicated to people that's easily digestible. Hmm. And I don't think being more difficult to read is a bad thing. I think it causes us to slow down and pace ourselves. But I think a combination of all those things resulted in, yeah, even growing up in the church, we just didn't read a lot of the Proverbs. In fact, the only Proverbs I remember receiving as a child... Uh, were based out of discipline. Sure. So I got Proverbs 12, I believe, <laughs> spare the rod, spoil the yeah. child, quite yeah. a bit, quite a bit uh, leading up to um, some, some form of corporal punishment. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, me and my brother, would. that was the only Proverbs we got were parents to their children <laughs> and these little bite-sized disciplinary... What a sections bad, of the text. Yeah, you know, what a bad taste in your mouth about the whole book yeah, of Proverbs. Not a great representation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to redeem some of that th- tonight. So, um, we talked earlier just in the in the in the the review about where this sits. You did see correctly that there are three distinct bad people. Good, right? I'm not crazy. You are not crazy, and <laughs> it is, you know, according to Dr. Bruce Waltke and his great commentary, the shorter commentary. It is used as an appendix, so it comes in. Now, why did why do you think he would place it between two units about uh, warning about sexuality? What do you think's going on there? What just off the top of your head? Oh gosh, why would he put this there? Or why would the editors put that? This That's the other thing to say. Yeah, that's a good question because it's not necessarily where the author put it, but the editor certainly felt this was the right place to, mm-hmm. to put it. Yeah. That's a good question. I think if I had to take just an initial stab at it, yeah. I think our I think there's a great relationship between um, how to have a healthy sexual relationship with your spouse and how to have a healthy relationship with your neighbors and how Mm. you do business with people Mm. and how you treat yourself and how you take pride in the work that you do. Mm. Um, And then I think that it's, it's interesting that there are, you know, seven key things that, you know, God has a really strong opinion against, which we know all throughout the old Testament and new Testament that sexual activity is, one of those things that God has strong opinions on mm. for in the right space and against in the wrong spaces. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, how we conduct ourselves sexually with our spouse, uh, there's there's some comparisons and parallels with how we conduct ourselves yeah. with others and also how we, we treat ourselves in our yeah. own work. That's really good. Yeah, I think you're I think you're on to something really important. And there's a couple of places in here uh, in the the latter section on the section I'm going to call the rebel, where it talks about the heart. Hmm. It talks a lot about different 
parts of the body and uh, eyes and feet and hands and mouth and um, but the the key to that section is, says it's twice is about the heart mm-hmm. so it's it's gone from dad's man to man talk which yeah. is not just the birds and the bees but it's about your heart it's about how you treat your spouse yeah and the thing that's really amazing which we'll get to in another episode is the last part of chapter five is such a celebration of sexuality within marriage. It's just amazing. It uses the word intoxication in a positive sense mm. about your your sexuality with your wife when you're married. Um, so I think it, it's it's gone from a very, very wide, epic picture over chapters one, two, three, four, five, and now he's like, all right, we're really down into what's going on in your heart. And it does have to do with money. Yeah. It does have to do with our work ethic. And it does have to do with our posture, our heart posture. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So the the three sec the three sections, just to give them a name so we can kind of talk about them. We'll just we won't be able to treat each one of them extensively. Sure. But that first section you keyed in on there, it talks about Put up security for your neighbor. Mm. Um, and it says, you know, save yourself from the hand of the hunter, uh, from the hand of the fowler. So I'm going to call that the section of the hunted. Okay. This is the young man who has said something. He's There's an implication yeah. that you've shaken hands on a deal. Correct. And it the implication I receive from this <clears throat> is that it seems that it's a bad deal. Or a deal that should be taken very seriously or cautiously. Right. That you should get out of. Yeah. It gives it like four commands in a row. This is how you save yourself. Save yourself. Yeah. Go. Hasten. Do this. Right now. There's an urgency to it. Mm -hmm. You can see that in all the language, right? Throughout chapters 10 through 31, there are references to debt and there are references to money and Mm -hmm. there are references to the way that we handle guarantees, which is really the issue here, putting your, yourself up as security. Mm. So um, it does get fleshed out over the course of time. And again, the editor put that there because he's comparing it then to the second part is the sluggard yeah. who gets told off about, you know, go check out the ant. Come on, mm-hmm. get with it. And then what I'm calling the rebel. And actually, just to, for those of you guys that are reading along at home, verses 12 through 19 are actually two two separate units that are put side by side because they're so similar. Hmm. So it's the rebel, um, specifically the worthless person, verses 12 through 15, and then yep. 16 is like, okay, now we're, we're going to see how how much these are alike. It talks about <laughs> eyes, tongue, hands, and heart twice, right? So yep. these are things that are really important that God's against. Now, why does he compare them to each other? I'll put it this way. It's kind of a a leading question. Are these all equally bad, Levi? Oh, that's such a tough question. That you made it leading, but (laughs) I would say yes. Well, no, because he says there's six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. So he's distinguished Uh that there there is a separate category. Of there's a really strong dislike, let's call it a hate, mm. and then there's an abomination yeah. that cannot be stood for. Yeah. So the the last one, the rebel, is distinctly the one the Lord hates. It's an abomination. Yeah. So that's the one that we're going to parallel with all the references to the wicked 
It's because just, you bring others down with right, you. Right, a wicked man. So when you compare these, if you put them into, you know, sort of a, a graph or a chart, the hunted is doing self-harm. The sluggard is doing self-harm. Mm. The rebel is doing harm to family and to society. Everything that he does is is postured against people. Hmm. And, and it says the very last line there, so is discord among brothers. Like turning family against each other. Yeah. Um, so there's self-harm, self-harm, even worse than that, everyone else's harm. The hunted or the, the one that puts up a security, it's basically like co-signing for... Uh, for a loan, hmm. right? You're putting you're, you're putting yourself in a position of betting on a future that you don't control, and co-signing and signing for a neighbor with a stranger for someone who could turn out to be a fool. So it's hmm. like double folly. So he's putting himself at risk. He's one step away from poverty. The sluggard is putting himself up against God's created order. Hmm. You know, God tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that we are designed to work. That's part of the creation, right? And it's all throughout the rest of the Proverbs. So he's really, he's broken by the created order. The rebel, though, he is risking other people's lives. And he is ultimately, it says the Lord hates him. And he's broken beyond repair. So there is, if you check it out, there are all bad. <laughs> so yes, not, not a lot of silver well, linings here. Well, no, they're not as bad as each other. Yeah. There is a sense in which the one that is being hunted can be saved. Mm. He's told twice, save yourself, do this, do this, do this, save yourself, uh, give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. He's saying you can save yourself, not in a salvific way. Sure. Right. But you can save yourself from this situation. And you should do so as soon as possible. Yes. As expediently as possible. Go yeah. to your neighbor and beg and plead and badger. The sluggard? Yeah. Is there is there hope for the sluggard based on when you read um, you know, this comparison of studying the ant, consider the ant? Um, at the end it says poverty will come upon you like a robber. I think there's hope because if not, then why give an example to to lead after? Yeah, yeah. I think you're I think the father's giving the setting the example of, hey, even nature is showing you how to operate, how to function as a man. Right, right. So I think there's always a model for this character to at least lead his life after. And that's a good word because all three of these are sort of examples or models that you can look at and consider. Yeah, that's right. a good point. Even poor models, as we're going to see yes. in the last one. Yes. Okay. They're all poor models. He's saying avoid these. Just like he's yeah. saying, you know, avoid the adulteress, who is always in Proverbs uh, a woman. Yeah. Right? Well, these are three men. So he's giving he's giving equal opportunity here. He's saying that that the sinfulness is, is of sexuality is not just the result of the adulteress. Mm-hmm. And the the rebel is not necessarily always a man, but they're postured as three men in comparison to the adulteress. Because I'm 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 reading this now through the lens of a father. Do you think this is more that he's warning him against seasons or actions, or more 
this is where your life could go. You could become a lazy man, which is, you know, what your life would turn into, or you could turn into a rebel, which is what your life could turn into, or more of a, these are things that I see in you already Mm. that I'm warning you against that this will be the result of going down these these paths that could be bef- before you. That's a great question. It really speaks to the overall perspective of Solomon, you know, writing all of these when he did, and then the editors putting them together after Babylon. Yeah. The posture of this whole book is written to young men. It's not exclusively to young men, but it's written to young men who are in training. I'm thinking middle school kids. I'm thinking upper elementary school kids. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that, you know, if if the scholars are right, this is the, they're written in poems so mom and dad could teach their kids these poems. And they would always have these things rolling around in their heads. So from that perspective and the overall purpose of the book, it's not written, hey, I see that you're a sluggard or I see that you're in debt, or I see that you're a rebel. But it's a very, very stern warning. A Pure warning. Yeah. That's really good. Once again, I go back to, this is a very poorly marketed book. <laughs> well, let's see what we can do about that. <laughs> I need you to redeem this, Jim. Sure. Well, we're doing the best Single-handedly, <laughs> just you, yeah, well, redeem it. We're going to keep plowing through it, and we'll have multiple uh, multiple times uh, around the table to, to discuss it, because there's I just so much to it. But... I want to I want to ask this question. So all these things are, are really bad. Mm-hmm. This is bad business. This is bad character. This is an evil person, right? These are stern warnings. Where do we go from there? What's the father asking the son to do in response to these warnings? <laughs> I'm going to put my father lens mm-hmm. uh, back on. Do, yeah. Um, if I were sharing this with my son, one of my few requests would be listen Mm -hmm. and trust. Yeah. Trust me that I have at times in my life potentially been all three of these men. Yeah. And this isn't coming necessarily from a blind, you know, warning like what we've just read. I think I would just ask my son to please listen and please trust that I've been where you've been. Mm. I've walked ahead of you Mm. and I've experienced men who are like these. And at times in my life, I have been these types of men and I needed to get myself out of bad deals. I needed to motivate myself to be a better man of God. And there was times I led others down a bad path Mm. and Mm. God had to pull me back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That's really beautiful. And Just an idea. And well, I mean, it fits with the whole prologue. This has been hear my son, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Yeah. And my son, keep your father's commandment and for, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Again, it's echoing back to chapter one, to the very, very beginning. And he tells him again that the commandments are a lamp. They're a light. Their life, right? And that is exactly what we want. And that's exactly what the, the editor's intents are in putting this together, is to turn us, to cause us to repent. Because you, you, you couldn't have said it better. I have been this. And 
And without Christ, I would be these. <laughs> right. Uh, so then that, that begs the question, you know, what was Solomon's hope to be able to pull himself out of these situations? Mm. We know that the, the story of Solomon continues to become a sad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets worse. Doesn't it, it does get worse. Yeah. He does not follow in the way, the way of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's where we look for Jesus in the overall story of God's story. We may not be able to look at Solomon and go, well, you know, Solomon repented and came to Jesus mm. or a prefigured Jesus or a, a type of Jesus. But the lack and the need for someone in this particular section of Proverbs to save yourself two times, to, uh, to deal with the rebel heart that's in all of us by nature without Christ, it is a proclamation. The, the lack of Jesus is a proclamation of who Jesus is. You know, the, the scripture continues to lecture us that w- there is one that, that did save himself, mm. who did everything in here, who never put up security for a stranger, was never a sluggard, who was never a rebel. And he gave up his life for rebels and sluggards. And those who put up their their capital as security, he becomes our security when we put our faith in him. And that's what's so beautiful about this passage is it shows us that we we need to follow Jesus. We need to follow the way of Jesus, even though it's not expressly pointed to right here. Yeah. It all points to Jesus, the way of Jesus. Sure. The righteousness of Jesus, the righteous one that is coming, that you need to put your faith in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All those things that the Father has been saying along this epic journey, just kind of, again, every single time. It's it's like a, if you could see me, I'm, I'm doing loops in the air. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Levi sees me doing it. It's just this this. this constant cycle of oh I, I need a savior I need yeah. some I can't save myself and every I can't deal with my own rebellious heart I need one who can do that who is that yeah. not permanently at least no. I think yeah I think there's seasons where we can overcome these personas individually yeah. sure but they always crop back up when we deal with them out of our own right and that's the cycle yeah right? I'm like oh I'm doing it again. I've got haughty eyes. I've got a lying tongue. I may not be actually shedding innocent blood, but I'd sure like to murder somebody right now. Mm. You know, my heart is devising wicked plans. My feet are, they're tending towards evil. The response that the father's looking for is not, son, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just gut it through and don't let this happen to you. He's saying, no, you need someone who's more powerful than you. I think that's a takeaway from Proverbs of reading it at face value is it feels very black and white. Mm -hmm. And Proverbs feels like it deals almost exclusively in extremes of it feels like everything's on fire and it has to be done immediately. And as a reader, it's exhausting of you're just like, I can't keep up with, I can't do all this. And I think that's the point is your life is on fire 
and you can't put it out. And as a father, you know, I can only point you in the right direction ultimately. But as a reader, several thousand years later, I think some of uh, even people who have grown up in the church, the aversion to come in with Proverbs is if you don't have the right setting and you don't have the right lens to read this text through, it can be hard to consume. Yeah. So as we kind of start to land the plane here, tell me some things that you're personally taking away. And just, you know, you've talked about this in the context of Hmm. church folks and Proverbs having bad marketing. And so <laughs> what are you carrying away yourself? And what are, what would you say to other people that are coming along and like beginning, you know, maybe this is their first podcast sure. and they just picked it up and they're, they're listening to it. What would you say to them? Proverbs has, has presented its own sales pitch to me just in this short little section that we've read together. I think Proverbs uh, deserves its own study. I think Proverbs deserves its own time. I think we, to, to fully understand what Solomon is trying to get across to his son, to try to get across, you know, to try to fully understand what it is that Yahweh wanted his people to know through this and what Jesus wants us to glean from this. Hmm. I think it really takes the same time and dedication that we would assign to any other book. For this particular text, it's been really challenging for me because um, I have a seven-year-old son who we are starting to have some of these conversations. It also doesn't mean that I get off the hook and I don't get to receive this as a son as well Mm. because I go to my job tomorrow and I go to my job the next day and I have to fight against the feeling of wanting to be a sluggard. So it's double, doubly challenging. Yeah, well, that's good. You seem like you're you're ready to uh, to walk out with some some things to apply, some things to put into action. Anything anything that stirs in your heart on an emotional level, just as you think about this or the things that we've said. I think back to what Paul um, mentioned was the purpose for the Old Testament was that it was a an instructor. It's a guide. Yeah, and it was always meant to point out the deficiencies in ourself and the reason why we needed Christ. And so I read these and emotionally, I I have to fight through a lot of guilt and conviction that, oh, I, I don't meet these standards all the time in my life. And then I also have to remind myself that, well, I was never meant to be able to do this on my own. And I have the grace of a savior and the Holy Spirit to help guide me into these versions of manhood yeah. that God is calling me into. Oh, that's rich. That's really good, Levi. There's a lot of emotions tied in here. Um, and I think that's the point. Yeah. Maybe that's part of your comment earlier about why people avoid the Proverbs. Hmm. Because it's, it's so black and white. It does make you realize, like, I'm falling short. Yeah. <laughs> I am not living up to this. It's either wickedness or righteousness. Yeah. And I don't want to be wicked, but I'm not righteous. No. And that's a tough tension, tough place to be in tension all the time. Yeah. But I I love to think about the fact that this is the way of Jesus that was laid out so that when people saw Jesus and when Jesus read the Proverbs, he realized who he was. Yeah. And now he's given us who we are, Mm -hmm. and now we get to walk in the way of Jesus that is yeah. black and white, that is righteous, yeah. but not by our own power. Yeah. yeah. 
really good conversation. All right. Thanks, Levi. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim. You're very welcome. Hey, thanks for listening. Really glad that you're getting out of the fog with us here as we read our way through Proverbs and have these great discussions. I wanted to thank all my friends who've come on and helped us focus on Proverbs. Eliza and Jules and Alex and Nicole, Deanna, Christian, Daniel, Levi. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. We are more than halfway through season one. And if you've been following along, you can tell that we've covered a lot of different topics, but we've got some that are coming up that are more sensitive subjects. As we take a deeper look into chapters five and seven, eight, and nine, you'll see that a lot of it has to do with sexuality, about adultery, about wisdom versus folly. Uh, There's some heavy subjects. And some questions have already come up from people that are reading along with me. Like, it seems like all this is just directed towards young men or men. Does it have anything to say about women? Sometimes it appears as though all of the fault for adultery is a problem of the adulteress. Well, what responsibility does a man have? So there's a a lot of different things in there that we're going to get to and we're going to unpack. Just wanted you to know those are coming up. And before I let you go, I just wanted to say, for those of you that are listening in because you know who I am, I'm really grateful that you're doing that and that you're sharing this podcast with other people. And for those of you that don't really know who I am, I look forward to sharing a little bit more about myself in some later episodes. And somebody's already asked, you know, who are all these friends and how are you guys preparing for this season? That's another thing that we're looking at in the future for other episodes about what is the process we're actually doing to prepare for the season. Let us hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Out of the Fog Proverbs or email Out of the Fog Proverbs at gmail.com. Thanks. Looking forward to our next time together.